0: Hello, and welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick, and I'm here with my friend Zach. Hello, everyone. So today's episode is all about Planeswalkers as commanders. So the Rules Committee recently announced that they are not going to be doing any sort of trial run for having Planeswalkers as commanders in in honor of the War of the Spark. But uh, we think that the idea is worth exploring anyway.
1: We can imagine a format in which if this was true, what it would look like. And then also kind of like... uh, just brewing with new cards is fun. So (laughs) we figured this would just be kind of a good exercise for a few different reasons.
0: Yeah. And of course, if your play group is willing to experiment with this, then you might find some of these builds interesting. We certainly did. And we are probably going to be building a couple of these ourselves.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I did not expect that going into this and I'm totally going to do that now. (laughs) Yeah. So if you've got a permissive play group, you just want to give something new a
0: try, then I'd say check it out, and of course report the results to the rules committee and let them know mm-hmm. how it ended up being. And, and,
1: and us, and yeah, us.
0: yeah. And actually, we're you know we'd like to know too. Uh, yeah. The more data points we get, the more we can generalize about like what planeswalkers and commander would would do for the format. Yeah. <laughs> but before we we get into all of the the thirty seven different planeswalkers in this set. Uh, I'm just going to briefly talk about our Patreon page. So Commander Theory has a Patreon page, and all of you listeners can directly support the show and get access to some sweet rewards. For as little as $1 a month, you can become a patron and vote on what sort of content you'd like to see, get a shout out in the show's credits, join our Discord server, ask us questions, which we'll answer on the air. So if you're willing to give a little bit more than that, you can also get one-on-one deck advice and more so check us out at patreon.com slash and become a patron today and if you're on a tight budget and you can't commit to becoming a patron you can also help us out by giving us a review on apple podcasts or stitcher it helps other potential listeners find us so we can grow our listener base invest some more time and money into the podcast and produce better content which you get to enjoy free of charge so for for those who are supporting us or who plan to support us, thank you so much for helping us out and we'll get right into the content. So we're just going to go through these in Wooberg order.
1: Yeah, and we're spoiler uh or I guess a disclaimer like we there's uh what 36 of these, 37, 37. of them. Yeah, so we're not going to go as in-depth on them as we might want to or we might on like a different kind of episode where we were like highlighting a specific commander or something like that. We're just going to give you a little little sprinkly taste of what each one might look like so that we can get through all of them. Yeah, exactly. So the first one
0: we're going to talk about is Gideon Blackblade. It's one white-white for a four-loyalty Gideon Planeswalker. As long as it's your turn, Gideon Blackblade is a 4-4 four, four human soldier creature with indestructible that's still Plainswalker. Planeswalker. Prevent all damage that would be dealt to him on your turn. And plus one, up to one target creature you control gains, or one other target creature you control gains your choice of Vigilance, Lifelink, or Indestructible until end of turn. And minus six, exile target permanent. What do you think about this guy as a commander?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, the the first thing is Indestructible Commanders are really awesome with port Wipes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this guy works great with, like, Magus of the Disc, uh, or just Novenril's Disc, or a bunch of other board wipe cards because it's your turn you blow them up and hit them real hard so that's pretty cool it's difficult to voltron him because your swords fall off Mm -hmm. so if you want to equip the black blade to gideon black blade you're gonna have a hard time (laughs) you're gonna have to save that mana every turn Mm -hmm. but there are some bits of tech you can do so Mm -hmm. i don't know if you want to bring any of that up uh just that. There's
0: duelist Heritage. It doesn't care if Gideon's only creature some of the time. So you get him double strike, hit for eight. Seems pretty solid. You can also do things like Exalted mm-hmm. works pretty well if you've got Cathedral of War or some of those other Exalted permanents that don't really cost you anything to run. Yeah, Then that's just an easy way to bump him up without having to spend mana over and over or lose your card at end of turn.
1: Yeah, and I, I do want to say that I, I think this is... it. If this is being run as your commander, I think this is the most aggressive, indestructible commander that we've gotten. Yeah. Uh, like, you can do all of these things. Like, you can play Gideon and then Duel's Heritage next turn and hit really hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it curves really well. Being And he's just three mana, so if he dies, you just try again. And eventually, maybe you'll exile a permanent.
0: Yeah. and he, and And like you mentioned earlier, like, being able to have access to board wipes in your Voltron deck is... Not something most Voltron decks get to do. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's it's a uh, amazingly powerful. Like you, it it feels like cheating. You're yeah. like, eh, I'm just wrath and I hit you for eight. Whatever. Exactly.
0: Yeah, you don't have to worry too much about granting him evasion if you're just wiping the board yeah. all the time.
1: <laughs> so I don't know. It, it's he doesn't impress me as a card in the ninety nine, but I i think he'd be a fun aggressive white deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, unlike this next guy, <laughs> the <laughs> exact opposite. This is Teo the Shield Mage. Yeah, so this is a 5 loyalty Planeswalker Teo, uh, 2 and 1 white, so 3 CMC. You have Hexproof, and minus 2, create a zero three white wall creature token with Defender. So, uh, I don't know, if you want to get into the tech real quick on this guy. He's not too interesting.
0: There's a handful of cards that uh, grant either walls or creatures with Defender the ability to attack, but they don't actually, like... hmm. Those cards, the mono white cards, don't actually make it so they deal damage equal to their toughness. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you can have like your Rolling Stones and turn your zero threes sideways, but they're still not going to deal any damage. Yeah.
1: So this is not super aggressive or super. It's not as fun as like an Arcades deck would be. Yeah. But the just also the hex proof, like you can't really abuse that either. Mm-hmm. There's not really a lot of stuff you can do with that. So this deck is one of the ones where it's kind of more of a, a dud.
0: Yeah. Let's move on to the next one. Uh, the Wanderer, three and a white for a five loyalty planeswalker with no subtype. Prevent hit <laughs> uh, prevent all non-combat damage that would be dealt to you and other permanents you control. And minus two, exile target creature with power four or greater. Uh, so there's only a handful of ways to break the symmetry on her damage prevention ability. You've yeah. got like Wave of Reckoning, which deals damage to each creature equal to their power. Light Mine Field, which whenever one or more creatures attack, it deals damage equal to the number of attacking creatures to each of those creatures. And then Volatile Rig, which if you like win, lose a coin flip, uh,
1: you flip like... <laughs> <laughs> when it dies and you lose a flip, it deals six to everything.
0: There you go. There's like a 25% chance when it's dealt damage that it'll deal four damage to everything. Oh, four damage to everything, yeah. yeah, and And maybe there's some opportunities to like pump up your opponent's creatures so that they'll hit the four power threshold for their removal ability Mm -hmm. which is uh hilarious yeah (laughs) (laughs) that
1: is so funny
0: um but other than that i don't know if there's any other good ways to use her did you have any ideas
1: no i really when i saw this card thought of it as like a uh mono white control list that uh has some goofy tech like minefield being one of them like Lightmine fields a little bit better here than other places.
0: Yeah, it would have been cool if uh, she had red in her color identity. Yeah. Yeah, that would have
1: been cool too. Maybe in the future. Maybe. Uh, So the next guy, Jace, Wielder of Mysteries. So this is one blue, blue, blue. So four CMC for a four loyalty Jace Planeswalker. If you would draw a card while your library has no cards in it, you win the game instead. Plus one. Target player puts the top two cards of their library into their graveyard. Draw a card minus 8 draw seven cards then if your library has no cards in it you win the game. So uh this is we've talked about him like before he's basically just lab maniac. Um but lab maniac as a commander doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. So this actually seems pretty interesting. Um there's a lot of self mill especially in mono blue get, gets a decent amount of it. Mm-hmm. Um and so this actually is a cool way to make a jace deck that is good mono blue commander that isn't just blue value (laughs) yeah (laughs) do you want to bring up some more stuff
0: um just that um there's there's like one other deck that kind of goes super hard on the self mill Mm -hmm. uh, and that's like phoenix Mm -hmm. where you're like actively trying to get zero cards in your library um and i think i like that deck a little bit more just because there's some Cool combos, like, you've got your Eater of the Dead. Yeah. And, like, you can really utilize the high-toughness creatures to mill yourself. That yeah. Kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of these Planeswalkers here, the monocolor ones in particular, kind of suffer from that. Like, if they were to be commanders, they do kind of miss out on... Maybe the one extra color that they might have wanted to be, yeah. like, just perfect, like, right in the right spot. Like you said, with the Wanderer being red or this being black. Mm-hmm.
0: So, But uh, I still think this is a very cool card, but it's a good commander for people who want to play with Jace. I think I have to. I might have to fact check this, but <laughs> I think that if you are a big fan of Jace and want to play with one of his cards as a commander,
1: other than Vryn's Prodigy, I think this is probably the most interesting deck. No, I, I actually do agree with that because a lot of the Jaces are uh, not not super exciting to yeah. play with. They're they're powerful maybe or not sometimes mm-hmm. but not super interesting. The next card we're not going to talk too much about cuz she she's a Kazmina enigmatic mentor. I'm just going to read this lady off real quick. She is a five loyalty planeswalker, Kazmina for 3 and a blue, so 4 CMC. Spells your opponent's cast that target a creature or planeswalker you control cost 2 generic more to cast. Minus 2, create a 2/2 blue wizard creature token draw a card then discard a card so what are your first impressions of this card
0: uh so i was thinking like the non-combo wizard tribal essentially sort of fulfilling the same role that that narumeha or um dean of iteration maybe just like you're incentivized to run wizards but you're not doing anything like broken with it like Kazami or um inala
1: Yeah. And I kind of feel the same way. I think that this is a fair mono blue wizards list. You still get to run all those blue wizard rewards. And a lot of them like really wanted wizard tokens for some reason. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't know why they did that if there's nothing that made wizard tokens. So that could be fun. Um, But there's not really too much tech that she lends herself to. Yeah, I think that more
0: than most of these commanders, she uh, works pretty well with the proliferate stuff. Yeah. Like a lot of these planeswalkers, it doesn't seem to matter that much if you proliferate them. But for her, like having more wizards is a much bigger deal with like patron wizard or Azami or something than getting like another wall out of your (laughs) Teo or like getting another exile out of the wanderer Mm -hmm.
1: no totally true so the next planeswalker is um not not super fun so this is narset parter of veils do you want to read her off yeah one blue blue for a five loyalty
0: planeswalker narset each opponent can't draw more than one card each turn minus two look at the top four cards of your library you may reveal a non-creature non-land card from among them and put it into your hand put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order so the the static ability is really the, the, yeah, the thing crux you're, of it. you're looking for here. And uh well, what do you think this card's going to do? What do you think uh, it's going to do? So of...
1: I feel like I've seen a card like this before. It was um a Leovold. Oh yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah, everyone's favorite. Do everyone remember Leavold? <laughs> uh, yeah, this seems gross. This deck list seems gross. Uh this will make the like griefer timmies of the world extremely happy mm-hmm. and uh no one else
0: yeah for for those of you who have never had the pleasure of playing against Leovold, basically <laughs> uh w- what what this deck is going to do is they're going to play like a windfall or a time reversal or a time spiral a card that says like each player draws seven cards and the the person who cast it will draw seven cards but everyone else will only draw one card so yep it really makes things pretty asymmetrical there.
1: Yep, a little bit. Uh and,
0: and I like how uh I like how she helps you dig for the, yeah. <laughs> the the windfall
1: effects. I think that's really nice. Yeah, it's very nice of her. Yeah, she I mean this is obviously very strong, but the God, it's just so gross. Those games will be so gross. The one saving grace is that she's mono blue compared to the blue, black, green that Leovold was. Yeah. So, but, uh,
0: but like man other than dark deal and whispering madness i don't know if the other colors gave you that uh much of it. i guess like the black tutors maybe helped. yeah the
1: black tutors and then you just it was so consistent with yeah. green you could blow up problem permanence and stuff yeah. oh man but the next guy uh davriel rogues shadow mage uh this uh, i'll read him off and then we'll talk about him he is a three loyalty planeswalker davriel for uh two and a black so three cmc As at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, if that player has one or fewer cards in hand, Davriel uh, deals two damage to them. Minus one, target player discards a card. Mm, eh, These numbers just aren't there. Not doing it for me. Yeah, like the three loyalty, not enough. One player, one card, not enough. Two damage, (laughs) not enough. There's just like not very strong...
0: Yeah, this just doesn't scale well to Commander at all. Mm-hmm. So I think
1: I think we can move on. Yeah, I'm excited to see him when he gets, like, a real card yeah. one day. Because, like, his, for people who haven't read the story that he's in, the Sanderson, like, novella, like, he steals spells from people. Yeah. So I was hoping for that. <laughs> I know. Yeah,
0: exactly. Like, when I saw him in the stained glass, like, with the mask he wears on the cover of the novella, or the mask he holds in his hand at the, the cover of the novella, and i was like man how are they going to translate like stealing powers into a, a power set for a planeswalker like and i kind of like thought of something like what nicol bolus dragon god has yeah but like as an activated as like a loyalty ability
1: maybe and it's like oh
0: that's pretty cool and then it's just like oh no he's a mind rot
1: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so next time next time everybody uh, the next commander cool do you want to do you want to read this this person out sure this is liliana
0: dread horde general she is a six loyalty planeswalker liliana for four black black she has a static ability whenever a creature you control dies draw a card plus one create a two two black zombie creature token minus four each player sacrifices two creatures and minus nine each opponent chooses a permanent they control of each permanent type and sacrifices the rest what, what do you think
1: about this card <laughs> i i like this card i like this card as a card in general and i think that as a commander this is uh this is a good deck mm-hmm. like a monoblack sacrifice deck ex- exists already and this is just a another good variation on that i think like uh endrick sars existed for a long time uh there's a lot of cool stuff you can do with that deck and you can do most of that with her yeah, she seems very powerful, very, very strong
0: mono black commander. If you like Liliana and you want to run her, I, th- I think you're gonna have more fun with this than with the Heretical Healer. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. As someone who has that deck, it's a grindy to mm-hmm. say the least. <laughs> <laughs> so this is pretty cool. We got another mono black guy. Uh, this is Obnixilis the Hate Twisted. So. Obnixilis is a 5 loyalty Planeswalker, 3 black, black, so 5 mana to play. Whenever an opponent draws a card, Obnixilis, the hate-twisted, deals 1 damage to that player. Minus 2, destroy target creature. Its controller draws 2 cards. So, uh, hmm. (laughs) (laughs) That's, uh, it's like, not... He, again it's like the numbers the fact that it's only one color there's like a lot of misses on this guy yeah didn't quite get there it
0: just seems like so it's cool that you can like destroy your own thing to draw cards mm-hmm. but real, really like this just seems like a worse version of Liliana yeah yeah like, 100% like in terms of the card drawing the creature control the the sacrifice stuff like she just does it much better, and she's in the same set. Yeah, she and she has one more mana.
1: Yeah, and you don't get that many good wheels in mono black to like really abuse the like damage on draw. Yeah, so it's it's that's kind of a uh, just a dead end to build down. Mm-hmm. So a little sad, but just to kind of stop before we get too far into the mono color commanders, have a decent amount of interesting. <laughs> yeah just with these ones so i want you to keep that in mind as we keep moving forward and we're going to see even more interesting playable ones like as soon as we get out of the monocolor list you're going to see like how consistently interesting (laughs) these end up being (laughs) yeah i think
0: we're we might do like a top 10 or top Mm -hmm. 20 or just like talk about all of the ones that like man if we could have any in commander it would be the it would be this one. Yeah,
1: exactly. So we're gonna keep moving now to uh, Chandra Fire Artisan. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to read her off?
0: Sure. So Chandra Fire Artisan is a four mana two red red four loyalty Planeswalker. She has the static ability or the triggered ability. Whenever one or more loyalty counters are removed from Chandra Fire Artisan, she deals that much damage to target opponent or Planeswalker. She has plus one. Exile the top card of your library. You may play it this turn and minus seven exile the top seven cards of your library you may play them this turn i so i'm not crazy (laughs) about this yeah it's like a free card every turn but that's really it like dealing Mm -hmm. damage directly to opponents and planeswalkers isn't very impactful in commander Mm -hmm. although that of course that might change if a lot of people end up playing planeswalkers Planeswalkers as (laughs) commander um but as it stands, I think this is she doesn't uh protect herself super well. Like like impulse draw is fine, but it's it's just kind of generic card advantage. It's not something super easy to build around. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. It, that that's really like this card is basically a commander that says like, on your turn, draw an extra card. Mm-hmm. And that's like like not many people are scammering or scampering to play uh Kami the Crescent Moon. Yeah. Like so like yes, it's Chandra, but I think if you are gonna play Planeswalker commanders, then Chandra Flamecaller, yeah, that one's a lot cooler. Chandra the Firebrand is, is, is Ooh, that Fire I think, Artisan I think that, I think that's Firebrand. Firebrand. Yeah, that yeah. one is pretty cool. Um, I'm even, not gonna even look like it up torch,
0: now. like mm-hmm. like ramp yourself.
1: Yeah, ramp draw card. She does a lot of things. So yeah, this one just probably not the one you were looking for. Yeah. Um. Oh, <laughs> this one is. Uh, Jaya venerated fire mage. So uh, this is a five loyalty planeswalker uh, for five mana, four and a red. It, Jaya says, if another red source you control would deal damage to a permanent or player, it deals that much damage plus one to that permanent or player instead. Minus two, Jaya venerated fire mage deals two damage to any target. So this actually is more interesting than I gave it credit at 1st not too much more because she costs five and yeah. dies, but there's some tech if you want to get into it.
0: Yeah. So the the first thing I, I noticed was like any red source that means red creatures as well. So it's essentially like red creatures you control get plus one plus O. Oh. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of goblin token generation in red. Um, it's really easy to just dump a bunch of guys on the board, drop Jaya, and then turn them sideways there's also some cards that like repeatedly ping people a bunch of times like mana barbs and burning earth are, are both kind of similar. Mm-hmm. Um, like mana barbs is a four man enchantment, three and a red. Whenever a player taps a land for mana, mana barbs deals one damage to that player. Burning earth is the same thing, but for only non-basic lands, mm-hmm. but essentially like doubling, like dealing one damage a whole bunch of times and then doubling that, like that's, a big deal that adds up really fast Mm -hmm.
1: yeah so like let's say it's turn five and you drop jaya but on turn four you had a mana barbs Mm -hmm. now everyone if they're gonna tap out to play anything they're taking 12 damage yeah so that's that's a big chunk really fast Mm -hmm. so that's pretty interesting and and again it adds up pretty fast (laughs) pretty much all these effects add up way faster than you think they would
0: you can also uh if you want to invest more on the token side there's like uh things like impact tremors perforos hellrider all of those deal a lot of uh, get like a ton of triggers that deal a small amount of damage each but that just means that the bonus you're getting off of jaya is like more impactful
1: mm-hmm. yeah especially like impact tremors has surprised me with how good it is mm-hmm. over the years and like when impact tremors is just a perforos yeah. for two mana that's a uh, that's really strong so pretty cool definitely interesting kind of like kind of group slug but not really it's it's kind of a, a much cooler list than i uh she's way cooler as a commander than as just like a limited card definitely <laughs> so the next guy this is sarkin the master list you want to do you want to give this guy a shout out or a sure. read off shout out
0: <laughs> Uh shout out to Sarkan. yeah um <laughs> He's three red-red for a five-loyalty planeswalker. Whenever a creature attacks you or a planeswalker you control, each dragon you control deals one damage to that creature. Plus one, until end of turn, each planeswalker you control becomes a four-four red dragon creature and gains flying. Minus three, create a four-four red dragon creature token with flying. So you could argue that he's like dragon tribal because he's sort of two dragons for the price of one. He, the rewards you for committing to dragons by making it harder for people to attack you. Um, so you can run things like Crucible of Fire, which is a four-man enchantment, three and a red. Dragons you control get plus three, plus three. Uh, dragon's Horde, which you can draw cards off of it when uh, dragons enter the battlefield. Dragon Tempest, Spit Flame, which is a pretty strong spell. It's mm-hmm. two and a red for an instant, deals four damage target creature. And then whenever a dragon enters the battlefield under your control, you can pay red and return it from your graveyard to your hand. Mm-hmm. So it's repeatable removal. Udvara Hellkite: whenever a dragon you control attacks, create a 6-6 six, six flying dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, Scourge of, of Valkus, whenever yeah. a dragon enters the battlefield, deal damage to any target equal to the number of dragons you control. Very strong. Very strong. Um, there's, there's some things you can do, although I think that overall Laughless might be a better commander for this theme. Yeah.
1: I think if you're going to do mono-red dragons, Lathless is the way to go. And and there are, like, I've had a Xerilin of the Claw deck, which, to not read them off super fast, just basically, like, activate, tap, tutor for a dragon against Heysag, in a turn. Like, that has a lot of problems that Lathless doesn't have. Mm-hmm. That, that, but you get a lot of the same gameplay. And I think that this guy doesn't quite
0: match up to her. Yeah, I, the problem is, like, the reward he gives you for committing to dragons is dependent on what your opponents are doing. They can always just be like, okay, I just won't attack you, or I'll just, like, kill him and then attack you. Yeah. Whereas, whereas Lathless, like, you have control over what she is doing. And also, just like, having a 5-5 dragon token or multiple five five dragon tokens yeah. is a lot better than just like i make it a little bit harder for you to attack me like you can still yeah. do it but you know you got, it'll sting you,
1: you'll be minorly inconvenienced <laughs> um so we got one more mono red planeswalker possible commander this is tibble Rackish instigator so five loyalty three mana two in a red uh your opponents can't gain life Minus two, create a 1-1 red devil creature token with when this creature dies, it deals one damage to any target. So, classic devil token line of text there. Um, Sadly, Tibble 2.0, they're not, can't really break this guy. Yeah, (laughs) This is just, neither of these abilities are super easy to break or super good, so I wouldn't, I'm not super excited to build around this in particular.
0: Yeah, I don't think this is one of the... This isn't one of the stronger ones. No, it's very sad. Moving on to Arlen, Voice of the Pack. It's four green green for a seven loyalty Arlen Planeswalker. Each creature you control that's a wolf or werewolf enters the battlefield with an additional plus one plus one counter on it. She also has minus two. Create a two two green wolf creature token. What do do you think about this card?
1: I think... That she costs too much. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So she just really punishes you for playing out your hand early Mm -hmm. when everything could have gotten bigger. So the fact that, like, yes, you're in green, but like six mana commanders, like, you want them to have an impact when they enter. Yeah. And like for the turns after that. And this is like all those cheap wolves and those wolves I wanted to play that I was interested in playing, they just are kind of lame little guys. Mm-hmm. Until turn six, which is not a super fun play style.
0: Yeah. I, th- we talked about this a lot when, with regards to Spire Song and Sunspeaker. Mm-hmm. But it just really stinks when like you can't really start the game until you untap on turn seven. Yeah. Like any, and like the feel bads of like, well, I need a board presence. I can't just do nothing for five turns, but I'm <laughs> missing out. Yeah. I'm missing out. It's just, it would have been a lot more exciting if, um, she was able to reward you for the stuff that was already on the board instead of,
1: yeah, something like that. But uh, maybe next time I'm glad that we saw her again. Cause that means we will probably see her uh, again yeah. another time, which is cool. Um, just like this guy. So this is Yangu wild crafter. He is a three loyalty planeswalker, two mana, uh, two generic and a green. So three total each creature you control with a plus one plus one counter on it has tap add one mana of any color and minus one, put a plus one plus one counter on target creature. He's good. Yeah. He's, he's good. Like, um, this is Rishkar. Yeah. <laughs> if you like Rishkar, you probably will like this guy. He's yeah. not like a creature. You can't like blink him as easy, but like does basically the same, the same thing. It's the same. Yeah. So the next mono green commander is pretty, pretty a little more interesting though. Do you want to, do you want to get into this? Sure.
0: Uh, this is nissa who shakes the world three green green for a five loyalty planeswalker nissa whenever you tap a forest for mana add an additional green plus one put three plus one one counters on a one target non-creature land you control untap it it becomes a zero zero elemental creature token with or creature with vigilance and haste that's still a land and minus eight you get an emblem with lands you control have indestructible search your library for any number of forest cards, put them
1: onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle your library. What do you what do you think of her? This is great. So, one of the problems that I've had with Vorinclex over the years is that like the most fun part of Vorinclex is your mana doubling mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's kind of like, "No, don't kill him, guys. Like, I'm yeah. sorry. Like, I just want to do this." So, the fact that this is cheaper does the fun part of Vorinclex and then just does these goofy things with lands means that I I think this is actually a really cool card to build around.
0: Just, just having like vernal bloom in your command zone. That's really like the, the cool part of this card. I'm Mm -hmm. just going to skip right to 12 mana and we'll see if I can win with that. Yeah. The, I'm not so crazy about the loyalty abilities.
1: Yeah, no, that's totally fair. I think like untapping the fact that she like in a lot of ways only costs three uh, is interesting, but yeah, I think just the fact that she's a Vernal Bloom, like, she doubles your mana. Mm-hmm. That's cool. They do go crazy. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of uh, green X spells. Some of them were are not super happy about, <laughs> but now I have Devastation. Um, but, yeah, so yeah, interesting. So, we got one more mono green commander. I think this is the last mono color commander. Correct. Uh, So... Uh, This is Vivian, Champion of the Wilds. So Vivian, four loyalty, three mana, two and a green. You may cast creature spells as though they had flash. Until your next turn, up to one target creature gains vigilance and reach. Minus two. Look at the top three cards of your library. Exile one face down and put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. For as long as it remains exiled, you may look at that card and you may cast it if it is a creature card. That's clever. That last big block of minus two text I read off is clever. Basically, you can like hide a creature. They don't know it's a creature because you do it no matter what, kind of. Mm-hmm. And then, like, surprise, it's got flash. Like, So that's kind of funny. But I don't really have much to say about this card. Yeah.
0: Like, Yeva, Yeva exists and this is definitely cheaper Mm -hmm. there's some cards attached to it which is kind of cool it can get attacked to death so there's pluses and minuses i'd say that if you like yeva this might be worth giving it a shot Mm -hmm. but it's definitely not anything new i wouldn't say it's
1: like a no this is not a new archetype it's it's like this is uh mono green good stuff uh Mm -hmm. If something exists that's not Vorinclex Green Control, this is probably as close as you can get. But yeah, not, I mean, just not a lot going on there. I mean, Flash is cool. I like Flash a lot. Uh, So now we're getting into our two-color creatures. So do you want to read this guy off? Sure. This is
0: Dovin, Hand of Control. Two hybrid white-blue, so three mana, for a five-loyalty Planeswalker Dovin, Artifacts, instants, and sorcery spells your opponents cast cost one more to cast, and minus one until end of turn prevent or sorry, until your next turn prevent all damage that would be dealt to and dealt by to target permanent and opponent controls. He seems very focused on what your opponents are doing. And I've noticed that commanders like that don't really provide a lot of direction for what you should be doing with your deck. Like you could run other stacks effects alongside this, other like cost increasing effects, but I don't know if that's great because it doesn't he doesn't really provide you with a win condition and his like cost increasing ability, it's not really complete. Because, like, they can still cast creatures, and mm-hmm. those are,
1: like, the main threats in Commander. Yep.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm not in love with this guy.
1: Yeah. No, I feel the same way. I think he just doesn't, like, just the fact that you can't necessarily build around him in any way. He doesn't really give you, like, a hook to, like, hang anything up on mm-hmm. is kind of sad. But um, the next guy, I I guess I guess he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he does. So this is Teferi Time Raveler. Uh, so one, uh, four loyalty planeswalker, uh, one white, blue, each opponent can cast spells only anytime they could cast a sorcery plus one until your next turn. You may cast sorcery spells as though they had flash minus three, return up to one target artifact creature or enchantment to its owner's hand, draw a card. So like a little value engine here, again, giving things flash on a planeswalker. Interesting. But, like, not many sorceries were, like, really going bonkers. There's one in particular we're on talking about. But um, Knowledge Pool is very strong mm-hmm. <laughs> with this deck because all of a sudden you just play Teferi and then you play your Knowledge Pool. So Knowledge Pool being a six-mana artifact uh, when it enters the battlefield imprint and you exile the top four cards of everyone's library and imprint them into the Knowledge Pool. And so whenever someone casts a spell, you instead exile it, put it into the knowledge pool, and then cast another spell from the knowledge pool. So you, you don't get what you cast, you cast one of the other things in the pool. Basically what Teferi's static ability here does is they cast their spell at sorcery speed and then aren't allowed to cast the act, the spell that they would have gotten. They're just feeding the pool instead of getting anything out of it Mm -hmm. so basically just like a hard lock on stuff your opponents are doing yep and really other than that you're just white blue control as far as i can tell (laughs) yeah i mean
0: like giving your board wipes flash is pretty great because Mm -hmm. you can really threaten people it's like i i have the board wipe i can show it to you yeah (laughs) go somewhere else Yeah. (laughs) Uh, or even just like i cast it at the uh, end of the turn of the guy
1: on my left and
0: then I get to be the first person to rebuild.
1: Yeah. That I mean that is very strong. So there there's a few cards too, do you want to mention them that are actually a little bit more strong with Teferi than they would be otherwise? Yeah. So
0: there's uh Days Undoing, which is two and a blue for a sorcery. Each player shuffles his or her hand into or sorry, their hand and graveyard into their library, then draws seven cards. If it's your turn, end the turn. So that's kind of like a fixed time reversal. Yeah. But in with this case, like the fact that you can cast it at the end of your opponent's turn, you get to be the first person to untap with mm-hmm. this full grip of cards. Yeah,
1: it's just literally time spiral. Yeah.
0: Uh, so that's pretty solid. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then... I think that's like the main That's the main cool one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. This is a white-blue control list, and uh, if you are a fan of that, this is going to be good. Yeah. Yeah, this will be a good version of that. So the next person, do you want to read them off?
0: Sure. They are Ashiok Dream Render, one hybrid blue-black, hybrid blue-black, so three mana for a five-loyalty Planeswalker Ashiok. Spells and abilities your opponents control can't cause their controller to search their library. And minus one, target player puts the top four cards of their library into their graveyard. Then exile each opponent's graveyard.
1: (laughs) So many graveyard nukes. Mm -hmm. So funny. People were so trolled on Twitter when this card was spoiled. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, this card doesn't, again, doesn't really give you a direction to build around. Uh, like, preventing your opponents from searching. Uh, I don't think you can really abuse in black and blue like you can in other colors. Uh, like, if this Ashiok was green, obviously you get, like, New Frontiers, which would just be bonkers. But, so New Frontiers being X green, each player searches for X basic lands and put them on the battlefield tapped. But just, you don't get that much tech in just blue-black.
0: Well, well, also, like the if it's your card like it's your ability like there's
1: oh yeah so that wouldn't even work yeah because i was
0: i was thinking originally like maybe you could have uh marilyn the mourn song (laughs) and then like oh okay you can't draw cards and you can't search so i'm going to play and you aren't but unfortunately it's your ability oh Um,
1: man oh yeah your opponent's control that's goof
0: yeah so there's it's really really reactive. You can't break the symmetry on that super easily.
1: Yeah. So another dud, but um, I hope you're keeping track cuz uh, we've got a decent amount of non-duds, especially this next guy. No, I think that I think we're about to hit a long streak of good ones. Yes, this is when it gets nuts. So do you want to do you want to read this guy off start sure. off the streak? <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: this is Tezzeret Master of the Bridge, four blue black for a five loyalty Tezzeret planeswalker. Creatures and planeswalker spells you cast have affinity for artifacts plus two tezzerite master of the bridge deals x damage to each opponent where x is the number of artifacts you control you gain x life minus three return target our artifact card from your graveyard to your hand minus eight exile the top 10 cards of your library put all artifact cards from among them onto the battlefield i'm not crazy about the loyalty abilities mm-hmm. they're kind of whatever for me yeah i agree but that's a really strong static effect
1: yeah no, that static effect is awesome you can do a lot mm-hmm. with that ability
0: yeah uh especially like if you orient your deck towards artifact creatures like then you can kind of just like snowball really quickly and just like cast your entire hand and like 0 mana meteor golems 0 yeah. <laughs> mana mere battle spheres it seems
1: seems pretty sweet yeah it gets nuts pretty fast i think that the uh, just his loyalty abilities not being that good means that people are going to just attack him if they are for the cost reduction but it might be too late like if they give you like one or two turns with this guy I think you did it. Mm-hmm. I think you're like getting there and like is minus two can deal a lot of damage. Like if you're getting there, it will hit someone. And then it it's, it's also starts at five and plus twos. Mm-hmm. So minusing eight doesn't seem like a pipe dream necessarily, especially if like the board has been controlled pretty well. Yeah. So I think just all of it kind of adds up into a guy that is an interesting deck I think it's pretty powerful. I think if you're going to mess around with cost reduction effects or something like that, you can combo with it uh, or storm or something like that if you're super into that. There there's a bunch of different goofy things you can try out with him, but I think he's an interesting deck.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think you would add something to the format because like to me this feels like an artifact creature deck more mm-hmm. than like an artifact deck.
1: Yeah, cuz you are you want the all the bodies that you're getting from like Servo, servo Exhibition or whatever it is. Yeah. So servo, the Servo Schematics and stuff. Yeah. yeah.
0: So uh, this seems like um, it would probably add an archetype to the format. I'd, I'd be excited to try this.
1: Mm-hmm. So the next guy, this is Angrath, Captain of Chaos, uh, a five loyalty planeswalker, two, uh, four mana total, two hybrid red-black, hybrid red-black. Uh, creatures you control have menace, minus two, amass two. Um, so I first saw this guy and was like, ah, man, okay, whatever. And then I looked into it. I'm like, well, maybe just saboteur effects are good. Because like, if Goblin Wardrums is your commander, that's, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there actually are enough saboteur effects in these colors that are good enough to play an aggressive red-black strategy with Angrath a lot of the time. And it actually is pretty cool because a lot of the good, good ones start... Like, there's some good two-mana ones, but a lot of the good, good ones start on, on three. So you can play, like, a Spectre or Virtus the Veiled or something like that on turn three. And then play your Engrath and hit someone. <laughs> <laughs> and immediately start getting stuff. There's I'm not, I can't read all of these guys off, so just know there's, like, multiple guys that, like, when they hit Sack... Uh, your opponent has to sag a creature. There's multiple guys. Ashling the Extinguisher? Ashling the Extinguisher is really good. Uh, Grenzo Havoc Razor is really good when all your guys have Menace because you either steal their cards or go to all their creatures and then you can hit them again. Um, there's a ton of effects that are actually pretty good when you can get them off. And this is like the Amass 2 really doesn't matter at all <laughs> <laughs> on this guy. Like it's just a body to block for you while your saboteurs get in there. So uh, a lot cooler than I thought for like this innocuous little uncommon guy. Um, and actually like this is one of the ones that I might end up building (laughs) just to give it a shot. (laughs) Um, definitely
0: a very cheap list to build. Nice. Uh, all right. The next commander, the next planeswalker commander is Domri Anarch of bolus. Uh, he is three loyalty planeswalker for one red green static ability Creatures you control get plus one plus O, oh. plus one. Add red or green. Creature spells you cast this turn can't be countered, and minus two. Target creature you control fights target creature you don't control.
1: What What do you think about this card? The synergy. He pumps the creature, and then they fight. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, this guy uh, suffers from uh, the phrase work. I'm I'm gonna try and popularize on this. The Immortal Sun uh, problem. The Immortal Sun syndrome. Is that what we're calling it? Immortal... Yeah, yeah, sure. Whatever. Yeah, Immortal Sun Syndrome, where just, it's doing doing a little bit of a bunch of things and not adding up into something in particular that I want to do. None of these abilities in particular, other than the power boost in fighting, add into something. And yeah, he's cheap. Yeah, he does everything you kind of want in Gruel. He like, your spells can't be countered. Screw those blue mages. Like, he ramps you a little bit. Like, they're a little bit bigger. They fight things. But that's not an archetype. this just kind of goes into as you'll see with another one of these gruel commanders like is just kind of like generic gruel mm-hmm. stuff, so I mean you'll play a game of magic with them, and y- you might win and you might lose, because yeah. 'cause you're playing magic i'm I'm playing gruel, I'm gonna do something with
0: creatures, oh, yeah. this guy says creature th- three different times, yeah,
1: <laughs> there you go, so n- not a new archetype, but Actually, very similar to this next person. You want to read her off?
0: Yeah, this is Simut, Tyrant Smasher. Five loyalty Planeswalker for two hybrid red-green, hybrid red-green, four mana. Creatures you control have haste, minus one target creature gets plus two plus one and gains haste until end of turn, scry one. Yeah, so... Do you got thoughts on this?
1: Yeah, so this is basically... Honestly, it's going to look a lot like Domery does. You're playing generic gruel but it does it faster, like not literally faster because Domry's three man and ramps you, but um, your guys are going to be a lot faster. Uh, when Fervor is your commander, turns out you can attack the turn you play creatures. Mm-hmm. They're unaffected by summoning sickness. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's some fan favorite attack and damage triggers. You get your Hellkite Tyrants real quick. Your Pathbreaker Ibex is really good when it has haste, that kind of stuff, but like you're not doing anything crazy- that you weren't doing and say, the Dom Realist <laughs> that mm-hmm. we just talked about. But uh I will give you mad props if you can uh haste out a Merton Stromgald and just pump your board out of nowhere. That guy's pretty good. So this is a classic Merton. This is a four mana 1-1 one, one from Ice Age. Can you remember? Everyone remember Merton, guys? <laughs> uh, when Merton attacks, other attacking creatures get plus 1, plus 1 until turn for each attacking creature other than Merton. When Meriton blocks, other blocking creatures get plus and plus for each blocking creature other than Meryton. So basically just another Pathbreaker (laughs) (laughs) Ipix, but a little bit more pizzazz, a little bit classier. Uh, You ready to move on to the next guy? Oh, yes. Do you want to read him off? Sure. This is Ajani
0: the Greathearted. Two green-white for a five-loyalty planeswalker Ajani. Static ability. Creatures you control have vigilance. Plus one, you gain three life. Minus two, put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control and a loyalty counter on each other planeswalker you control. So I think this guy, he's, I think he could be interesting. So mm-hmm. you're in green, so you have like a lot of mana dorks and he gives your creatures vigilance. So you could potentially like put some plus one plus one counters on your dorks, beat in, and then second main phase, so tap them for Dana, yeah, cast some stuff. Yeah. Also like, This could potentially be like a green-white super friends list maybe. There are some good white and green Planeswalkers. You've got your Elspeth Suns Champion who not only just in addition to being a good commander makes a bunch of tokens which which can then get pumped by Johnny. Maybe there's some room. Maybe you're running like a lot of the green-white token producing planeswalkers so that you can really get value off both sides of his minus two yeah
1: mostly most of them do <laughs> yeah oh, there you go yeah looking into it most of them do i think this guy is interesting because he kind of just gives you a lot of different angles mm-hmm. he gives you like a lot of different things so like there's the little bit of life gain which i wouldn't build around i wouldn't build around this as a life gain deck but it's like you kind of passively get advantage out of that sometimes and you're eventually gonna need to tick him up if you can't proliferate or something like that and like you said the planeswalkers, is like the, the that's good with him because most of the white ones and the green ones i think every garrick variant makes a token. <laughs> The Elspeths. The Elspeths. They all make tokens, all that kind of stuff. So that's a good, interesting angle because not only do you get the tokens and then you pump the tokens and you pump the Planeswalkers, like, your board just gets real big real fast and all your tokens can aggro pretty hard because they have Vigilance so they can block your guys again. So I think that this is fine. Okay. Here's something else convincing. Like, uh, in addition,
0: so you can also run, like, Cryptolith Rites, Earthcraft, um, Song of Frail Eyes. Make it so that your tokens are also producing... Like, they're swinging... They're not really turning sideways, but they're moving towards you by attacking (laughs) with Vigilance. And then you're also tapping them for mana. You're, like, snowballing
1: a little bit, maybe. Yeah, if you run enough of the, like, camaraderie, like, draw card effects you could i could see that happening
0: yeah i think i think there might be something here okay
1: no that's cooler than i initially thought hmm i'm gonna think about that there's a few of these i'm gonna think about the next one though oh yeah i want to get into this one actually is pretty cool so this is hotly the sun's heart uh, seven loyalty three mana planeswalker two and a hybrid green white each creature you control assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power and then minus three you gain life equal to the greatest toughness among creatures you control. So um, what do you think about this card? Uh, it reminds me a lot of Doran. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like if Doran wasn't black for no reason and just a very efficient beater. Yeah. What? It's great that... Yeah,
0: we've, we've complained so many times on the show about how Doran, like, he's such an efficient Voltron body, like being five, basically a 5-5 five, five for three mana who gets incredibly who gets pumped super hard off of all these like toughness thing toughness pump and stuff that are just really efficient so there's always this tension when you build of a, a doran deck of like well i could build i could like beat in with all these high toughness creatures or i could like kill them with my commander and it'd take half as much time yeah <laughs> so with Watley, she kind of removes that temptation. You definitely can't go Voltron with her. Yeah. <laughs> but gives you, like, the ability you really came for. Mm-hmm. So you can run your, like, Grizzled Leo Tao and your Nyx Fleece Ram and all that stuff and just really beat the heck out of your opponents. Mm
1: hmm. Yes, I actually like this deck and this deck idea because it just... you Black never really gave you that much in regards to Doran, so the fact that it's just white-green is kind of like the minimum colors you needed to really make the high-toughness deck work because she doesn't give your defenders the way to attack, but there's a ton of just busted high-toughness and toughness-boosting cards in white and, and green, really, so it's, it's interesting. It's cool. That's yeah. actually cool, and she costs three. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, she's just super cheap and super high loyalty. Like... Mm-hmm. I really feel like you can get her down early and that it's going to be easy to protect her, especially since like you're casting these six toughness donks all the time.
1: And they're probably pretty cheap. Yeah. (laughs) So the next card is Kaya, Bane of the Dead. So this is a seven loyalty Planeswalker, six mana, three hybrid white, black, hybrid white, black, hybrid white black your opponents and permanence your opponents control with hexproof can be the targets of spells and abilities you control as though they didn't have hexproof and then minus three exile target creature it's yeah i don't
0: know what do you feel about this card i don't think that just like being a visara the dreadful is that exciting yeah yeah the like the static ability doesn't seem to be super impact hexproof doesn't show up all that often in commander what i'd be more afraid of is like shroud on lightning greaves yes yeah. but just like exiling two creatures and then just sitting there is not like doesn't sound like a super interesting commander if they if they printed some more devotion then some more devotion cards then maybe that'd be somewhere for her to go i because like that is a lot of colored mana symbols in yeah. two different colors mm-hmm. as it stands there's like five good cards that you feel good about running between chroma and devotion yeah and so it's not quite enough to build off of right now
1: i agree i think yeah this is a card where like maybe in the future we'll get more tech for her but right now she is kind of in a weird place Mm -hmm. but the next guy is pretty red we've kind of talked about him a little bit Mm -hmm. spoiler alert this is soren vengeful Bloodlord. do you want to do you want to read this guy off yeah he is
0: two white black for a four loyalty planeswalker sorin he has the static ability as long as it's your turn creatures and planeswalkers you control have lifelink plus two sorin deals one damage to target player or planeswalker minus x return target creature card with converted mana cost x from your graveyard to the battlefield that creature is a vampire in addition to its other types what are your thoughts on this card
1: this is great i feel like i'm going to be beating a dead horse to listeners but like We've complained so much that, like, we want a small creature reanimation deck. Mm-hmm. And this would be that deck. This would be, like, there's a ton of extremely low, like, low-cost cards in this color identity that give you a ton of value that would be fun to play. Because if you're using his minus X to get back a three-drop or a four-drop, okay, whatever, he was just a, he's zombified. He just zombified. Yeah. But when you're using him every turn to get back, like, a one, like... CMC creature that does something that's probably better than it should be mm-hmm. doing. <laughs> There's a few of those, then that's a lot of value over the course of the game. And kind of the added benefit of like the lifelink thing is interesting too. That's like a weird a little extra cherry on the cake that you get for this. So, like, basically getting back a Kamiya false hope. So, one white, one one spirit, sacrifice it, fog. Um, just every turn is so strong. That's so nuts. You can get some proliferation going. You can just kill them, super easy. Let's with... Go to town. Yeah, exactly. God, what's the what's the guy? The uh, plague crafter. Know, plague crafter. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: If you can like get it so that you're proliferating a couple times every turn and then you just kind of have the, your opponents under the abyss, like the thing is you don't even need to do it that many turns in a row once mm-hmm. they see, oh, I'm just never going to have a creature on the board n- anymore I should probably stop casting creatures Yeah, <laughs> and then you can go back to, I don't know, getting your stoneforge back a bunch of times or yeah. whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah, the fun things you liked the yeah. little, little babies
0: uh, And One other thing I wanted to mention about this card is like the the fact that it gets back Vampires is not irrelevant. Mm. There are a couple powerful tribal vampire effects that scale to commander. Like you've got new blood to black black sorcery as an additional cost to cast it, tap an untapped vampire you control, gain control of target creature, change the text of that creature by replacing all instances of one creature type with vampire. <laughs> so you can just take somebody's commander and that that usually screws them pretty hard
1: yeah there's yeah there's a few we're not going to get into it here but there are some ac- they're decent vampire rewards that yeah. you can just kind of throw into this list i'll, I'll just mention two more really oh quick. Yeah, yeah yeah uh
0: champion of dusk three yeah. black black for a 4-4 four, four vampire knight when it enters the battlefield draw x cards and lose x life where x is the number of vampires you control nice blood tribute four yeah. black black yeah Kicker tap and untapped vampire you control target opponent loses half of his or her life rounded up. If blood tribute was kicked, you gain life equals to the life life lost this way.
1: Yeah, really strong sometimes. Yeah, if you can reliably kicker it, like that's a huge swing mm-hmm. for like not much investment at all. I would I would be very excited to build with Soren. I think that he's yeah. one of the real winners. Oh yeah, for sure. I also agree that this next card is actually a. And it's just a card. I like this card. So this is Raskus Swarm's Eminence. Five loyalty, two, four CMC, two uh, hybrid black green, hybrid black green. Whenever a creature you control with, with death touch deals damage to a player or planeswalker, put a plus one plus one counter on that creature. And then minus two, create a one one black assassin creature token with death touch. And whenever this creature deals damage to a planeswalker, destroy that planeswalker. So it's not the same as just an anthem mm-hmm. this is uh This is not like the kind of buff where you're like putting in a bunch of typhoid rats and mm-hmm. bl- like stuff that are just like one one death touchers to like eke out value and hit them real hard or something. You need to start hitting them before you get the payoff and really, I think the strong suit of this card is that people are gonna overreact mm-hmm. to it like uh hitting them with the one one death touch that you got maybe from her or maybe you got from some other card that just kind of makes death touch tokens or gives cards death touch or whatever. Like People are going to overreact, I think, to like, oh, no, but then there'll be two twos. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, (laughs) (laughs) then there'll be two twos. So I think you're going to be able to eke out actual cards. Like People are going to start blocking to prevent your guys from getting big, uh, which is kind of where the strength of this card comes from. And then also the fact that her tokens just... Kind of, if they have Planeswalkers, if your opponents have Planeswalkers, kind of, like, guarantees you a card because mm-hmm. they either block and trade or y- you kill a Planeswalker. Yeah. That's pretty good.
0: There's also just, like, the the fact that you have guaranteed access to some Death Touchers means you can run, like, Viridian Longbow. Mm-hmm. And, like, uh, there's one or two other cards like that that just automatically turns these guys into yeah killing kill machines. Yeah, <laughs> Also you can like you're probably going to have some just random value donks with death touch that get in and then you can run like larceny and then your yeah. opponents are in this like terrible position yeah <laughs> where it's like well uh do i lose a creature or lose a card
1: yeah yeah i'm trading like this actual card i invested in and probably spent like some mana on for your like little dork yeah like do
0: i want to do this and then there's also, like, once you've built up a couple counters on one of your Death Touch creatures, or if it just naturally has a couple power on it, you can run, like, Nemesis Mask, which is an equipment that's essentially a lure, and then swing into your opponent's guys. Well, you have to block with all three of your creatures. I'm probably going to deal one there and one there and one there. Yeah. Like, you can engineer it so that your tokens trade with multiple
1: creatures. So, which is great. Yeah. That's wonderful. <laughs> So it seems like she could be pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, so this next deck, uh, if I read her, do you want to talk about her? Yes, I, I want to talk about her. You read yeah, it. <laughs> so this is a Kiora Behemoth Beckoner. This is a seven loyalty planeswalker, two hybrid green-blue. Whenever a creature with power four or greater enters the battlefield, under your control, draw a card. Minus one, untapped target permanent. Uh, so, yeah, what are your thoughts on Kiora?
0: So the first thing I was like, well, what for power token generators are like naturally good in commander what am i like happy to run and so i have thought of like rampaging baloths which is a six mana six six trample landfall create a four four beast token uh azuri's predation which is five green green for sorcery for each creature your opponents control, create a 4-4 four, four green beast token, and then that token fights each of those creatures. Uh, and then Titania, protector of Argoth, which is 3 green-green for a 5-3 legendary elemental, I think. When she enters the battlefield, return a land from your graveyard to the battlefield. Whenever a land is put into your graveyard from the battlefield, uh, create a 5-3 elemental token. So those cards are all great. They're all uh, commander playable and so like you there's r- little difficulty running them and you can generate a bunch of cards off of them with cure out but then I started thinking so wouldn't it be great if there was a way to like make all of your creatures 4/4 somehow and so like th- there's i mean you could run like anthems but like greens anthems with the exception of like uh beastmaster ascension mm-hmm. they aren't they aren't that great they they won't, like, get you from, like, a Llanowar Elves to, like, Kiora's Threshold. But then I thought about Essence of the Wild, which is three green, green, green for a 6-6. Six, six.
1: Yes. Uh, it's from Innistrad. And, yeah, this guy is... Uh, I've been at the back of my mind for a really long time, but I didn't really think it, it had a place. But I think this is the place. Now is the time. <laughs>
0: Uh, essentially other creatures you control enter the battlefield as a copy of him so they are all six sixes and what that means is like after you get kiora on the battlefield then all your random lanoir elves that they're useful in like the early game but they're not great top decks and now they're six sixes and they draw you a card off of kiora and maybe you'll draw into another random utility creature and you can can hopefully just like chain them until you have enough six sixes that you have a lethal force like you don't need to you don't need to like run through your entire deck you don't need to cast everything and storm off but uh you i mean once you have like six six sixes you're probably good yeah and the great thing about being in a green deck is that, as we've discussed on the podcast before, you have access to a critical mass of tutors. So you can guarantee that you're, you'll find your Essence of the Wild every single game. Mm-hmm. And then you can guarantee that you're going to do this with Kiora.
1: Kind of overall just, like, pretty red. And, like, this actually seems like a really fun mm-hmm. deck. <laughs> the next one also seems like it after, like, thinking about it and sitting on it for a while. So this is Tamiya, Collector of Tales. So Tamiyo is a five loyalty planeswalker, two green blue, four CMC. Spells and abilities your opponents control can't cause you to discard cards or sacrifice permanence. Plus one, choose a non-land card name, then reveal the top four cards of your library. Put all cards with the chosen name from among them into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. Minus three, return target card from your graveyard to your hand. Initially thinking about it that like plus one seems bad in commander but that's i think that's like the small brain meme yeah. like a step one like thing so the the best way to use the plus one is just to use cards that let you see the top card first mm-hmm. so if you're running oracle moldia or corsair of crufix or a future site or like you just know what's going to be there with like a top or a scroll rack like something like that or
0: uh Or like
1: Miri's Guile, Sylvan Library. Yeah, but there's a bunch of different ways, especially in green for whatever reason, to just know what the top card of your library is. So that erases the randomness to it. But then even just on top of that, there's graveyard payoffs because you're milling the card. So maybe you just want to mill. So you just say a card that isn't there to just get as many cards in your graveyard as possible for a card like maybe Rise from the Tides. Mm -hmm. Something uh, Rise from the Tides being a sorcery from uh, shadows over in a strat. It's Mm -hmm. five and a blue. Put a two, two black zombie creature token onto the battlefield tapped for each incident and sorcery in your graveyard so there's just, like, some graveyard synergies. You can put, like, Genesis in this deck and, like, mill it and get even more value every turn.
0: You can run, like, uh, Reminop Excavator, mm-hmm. Life from the Loam, Crucible, get your value that way.
1: Yeah, so scry effects are pretty good. So this oh, is...
0: You can run... Uh, sorry. I'm no, 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 no. Go for it. Uh, you can run Splendid Reclamation. <laughs> yeah. Like, ramp yourself like crazy. Yeah,
1: or um, in that in the same vein, the Mending or the... What's oh, the... Mending of Dominaria. Mending of Dominaria. So there's a ton of cards that actually go into this list that, like, it's a green-blue value deck, but it's doing it in a very different way than the (laughs) green-blue value decks that we've seen in the past.
0: Yeah. Like, the green, we've seen a lot of green-blue good stuff Mm -hmm. decks, and green-blue just, like, draw a card, my commander draws me cards, but this one is, we haven't really seen green-blue self-mill before. Um, Yeah. And this is a, so it's an interesting take yeah on this color identity
1: yeah so this actually seems like it would be a fun way and you get to use some some more interesting cards so i i would look into it i wouldn't write it off uh do you want to read the next guy off
0: yeah this is ral storm conduit two blue red for a four loyalty planeswalker ral whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell ral deals one damage to target opponent or planeswalker he also has plus two scry one and minus two, when you cast your next instant or sorcery spell this turn, copy that spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. What do you use this guy for?
1: Yeah, uh, so you know, you know, those blue red combo decks that you <laughs> cast spells and you win? Uh, you're probably going to do that. <laughs> uh, so this guy is a win condition for your blue red combo deck, I think. I think you use like explosion expansion. To, like, copy spells, Uh, we've talked about this when we spoiled this guy, but if you have a fork effect, so fork being uh, a spell that copies another spell, you can either wait for someone to play a spell or play a spell yourself, fork it, and then copy your fork, and infinitely make copies of this copy a spell spell that ping all your opponents to death. Uh, that's, like, one way to do it. There's also the, like, reiterate buyback combos where you just get infinite mana and cast infinite spells and kill mm-hmm. them that way. that way. There's a bunch. If you've played any of these blue-red kind of combo decks, you c- there's there's a you can uh, season to taste which combo <laughs> that you like. But this is a combo deck for sure.
0: Yeah. And it's, and it's a unique one. Like, mm-hmm. there aren't actually that many decks that run twin cast and... All those different fork effects. But it's cool to see a commander that really incentivizes those.
2: Yeah.
1: And that, honestly, like, I've played those cards in combo decks before. And it is actually really fun. Because the, the best part about those cards and what they're kind of made for is to, like, the when you do get to copy your opponent's spells. So I love that this deck lets you run those cards. And then when the opportunity arises, you probably have the spell to do it. But mm-hmm. that's not really the point. You weren't sitting there waiting for someone to be like, what's your big game, boys? <laughs> like, what's going on? Like, you you have a plan A, and these cards also work really well if someone is like, oh, I'm going to time warp. time warp. And you're like, yeah, me too. <laughs> me first. Yeah, me first. <laughs> so that's actually really fun. And I love that he gives you value when you're, like, having a hard time, which you, you shouldn't be in red-blue. But. Yeah. The next one is also red blue commander. Do you should should Did you just read the last one? Uh I I did. You can read it and I'll talk about it. Sure. So this is Sahili Sublime Artificer, a 5 loyalty planeswalker for 3 CMC. One hybrid blue red hybrid blue red. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, create a 1/1 colorless servo artifact creature token. -2 target artifact you control becomes a copy of another target artifact or creature you control until end of turn except it's an artifact in addition to its other types so uh people really like Talran Sky Summoner
0: people really like Young Pyromancer both of them see play in a lot of lists it's so many lists <laughs> Um so this is just a uh, it's similar to Talrand it triggers off of a lot of the same spells but also triggers off of artifacts. Mm-hmm. Um the the tokens are definitely worse like they're yeah. not as easily translatable into a win condition as like evasive two power drakes. Yeah. <laughs> but um you can get a lot of value off of this minus 2 like making your servo that wasn't doing anything this turn into a copy of your Grim Monolith or your Mana Vault mm-hmm. or your Soul Ring. Your Thran Dynamo just getting yeah. a bunch of free mana out of nowhere. That's awesome. Also, the fact that these all are artifacts means that you get some artifact synergies that you might not otherwise have had access to if they were just blue drakes. Yeah. So I, I like this a lot. It's a great way to give to just generate a bunch of value for things you were kind of doing anyway. Mm-hmm. Just casting the artifacts and spells that are good to run in commander, mm-hmm. and then you can find some ways to turn them into a win condition.
1: Yeah, and I like that this does like you do try to find a way to turn them into a win condition. Like the the servo is kind of the point, and because the servo is the point, it just stops you from doing the same thing as like some other like red blue deck that was trying to combo with artifacts or something like that. Yeah. Like you still can if you want to, but like the fact that like you have this resource generating machine, it, it, the puzzle is like, well, how do I abuse this resource generating machine as opposed to just like, well, I'm playing artifacts. Mm-hmm. So it's, y- it's cool. Yeah. Sorry.
0: I want, i want to just mention a couple things. Ooh, totally cool. Uh, in, in one way it's actually better than Talran because you, yeah. you may have noticed that Talran's Drakes have two toughness. Mm hmm. Uh, (laughs) but the servos are skull clamp compliant um they love it yeah uh, they're they're into it definitely also because you have access to red you can run shared animosity which is an extremely powerful tribal effect oh yeah um there's just a a lot of cool things and honestly i haven't like dug too deeply into the
1: artifact synergies but i'm sure that uh They go pretty hard. Yeah, there's, there's, I would not doubt that there's a ton of things that you can abuse with this, just having a ton of artifacts Mm -hmm. sitting there. Um, So uh, keep Skull Clamp in mind because the next card Mm -hmm. (laughs) is Nahiri Storm of Stone. Uh, Do you want to read her? Or do you should? Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: Nahiri Storm of Stone is two hybrid red white, hybrid red white. For a six loyalty Planeswalker, Nahiri. As long as it's your turn, creatures you control have first strike and equip abilities you activate cost one less to activate. She also has minus X. Nahiri deals X damage to target tapped creature. Uh, So how do you you build around this?
1: Yeah, at first, like, we looked at this and we're like, what? And then we actually, like, searched. (laughs) (laughs) And just within equip one, like, if you just look for equip one, you get some really crazy things. You find, like, just digging a little bit, so but Paradise Mantle becomes Cryptolith Rites. Skull Clamp is nuts. Like, if Skull Clamp is just, like, like, draw two cards for each one toughness token you control, and you're in white-red, so you have an abundance of token production, um, this gets really crazy really fast. And this is also, like, discounting other good equipment that gives you advantages like this uh uh heirloom blade and Mm -hmm. stuff like that
0: yeah i I think this is definitely like a token deck that uses equipment as a means to convert them into value or to generate value off of them
1: yeah because like if you are like let's just say you just have like heirloom blade so to to refresh everybody that's a three mana artifact one mana equip Equipped creature gets plus three, plus one. Whenever a quick creature dies, you may reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a creature that shares a creature type with it. Put it in your hand and the rest of the bottom of your library in a random order. Basically, you're drawing a bunch of specific creatures, but like, you have so many soldiers because you're in, in red-white. You have so many goblins because you're in red-white. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of really relevant creature type tokens in these kind of elementals, if that's something you're into. like, And specifically, you can run these cards... With maybe like maybe there's only one elemental that you really want in your deck that you can you can always you can
0: already you can be kind of clever and yeah. have like um that oh the
1: changeling mirror entity mm-hmm, mirror entity and just always get the changeling and then when you need to go off all of a sudden all your changelings are like all your guys are seven seven first striking mm-hmm. changelings so it's actually a little bit more deep than it initially looks it looks kind of just like a kill spell
0: <laughs> yeah. You can run uh, Witch's Eye, which is a one-mana equipment equipped for one, and then Equipped Creature has one tap, scry one. So if you take out the equip cost from that equation, it's just like pay one, tap a creature, scry one, which in a red-white color identity is actually pretty good, Yeah, especially in a deck that's really concentrating on its... Um, Token production.
1: Mm-hmm. Dude, I just interrupted you. I'm sorry. And
0: then, uh, no, it's fine. I was just gonna say, like, you can. There may be opportunities to synergize with the uh, first strike. Like, if you're running, oh yeah, yeah, Quende Pride Ephemeref is three and a white for a two-two double strike. Other creatures you control with first strike have double strike. So, Nihiri, like in combination, like just all your guys have double strike. You can beat in pretty hard. Um, yeah, it seems like there's some fun things to do with this there's a there's a decent number of equipment tutors in white red you've got access to stoneforge mystic you've got access to steel shapers gift steel shapers apprentice um open the armory so you can find like the really busted stuff you can find the the skull clamps and paradise mantles and all that with decent consistency. And, and you've easily got a critical mass of good token generators, so you'll just oh, yeah. have the pool of bodies to to feed into your equipment machines.
2: I don't know.
1: Just that alone is so cool. That's like, turns out there was like enough interesting stuff to like turn your equipment into basically just regular artifacts <laughs> that do something, but do something kind of busted. It's It's pretty cool. I think this is a new archetype like this is a deck that didn't exist in red white yeah which is cool <laughs> I, f- I feel
0: like we really hit our stride once we got to the enemy color commanders it feels like every single one of these has been like hey this is a really cool thing you can do with
1: this that's new and different yeah <laughs> for sure so we only have a few more this episode's going to be pretty long in general <laughs> <laughs> but we only got three more for you so uh we're doing the spicy boy now so this is nickel Bullis, dragon god so nickel bolus dragon god four loyalty planeswalker blue black 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 red wait did i say it blue black 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 red yes um five mana planeswalker uh nickel dragon god has all loyalty abilities of all other planeswalkers on the battlefield plus one you draw a card each opponent exiles a card from their hand or permanent they control minus three destroy target creature or planeswalker minus eight each opponent who doesn't control a legendary creature or planeswalker loses the game. Yeah, this, I mean, this, <laughs> honestly, I feel like this is a good stuff, Commander. Yeah. I feel like you run other, like, the good planeswalkers in this color identity that give you a lot of advantage, maybe ones that have a higher than plus one, so you can, like, plus two mm-hmm. <laughs> or plus something. Um, I don't know. It's, uh, there's some tech, but I'll let you talk about the tech. Sure.
0: Um so I th- I think we actually may have been overly harsh on Davriel, Kane, and um, Obnixilis the the hate something the hate twisted. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, because one thing I, I totally forgot about until we got to Nicol Bolas was the fact that black planeswalker commanders are just on another level compared to non black planeswalker oh. commanders. <laughs> like they have access to spreading plague, deathmatch, and oh, the yeah. abyss. And they just make it so that it it is impossible to keep creatures on the battlefield, yeah like that, i don't know that is true if, if you've never played with any of those cards, just well, I guess you're lucky, <laughs> probably, if you like creatures um, but nobody wants to play they they completely kill everything that's already there, and then nobody wants to play additional creatures until those things go away but it's great if you have a planeswalker commander cuz then you don't really have to worry about like it getting attacked and you can kind of just well I'm just going to tick up until I get to this -8 and yeah. then you all are going to lose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh it's great that like these cards are so good at white like protecting Nicol Bolas and also they just make it so that the board is clear to meet the condition the for time. his -8.
1: Yeah, all the time. So, um I mean powerful. Like this is a very powerful good stuff commander and a little bit different like grixis good stuff has kind of just been like grixis control with like some kind of one condition maybe combo or otherwise Mm -hmm. but this is this deck is going to look a little bit different from those in in some way yeah which uh, that's cool that's cool but the next guy uh is actually rad as a commander yeah (laughs) so uh do you want me to read him and you can get into it sure so this is karn the great creator five loyalty four generic to play uh, activated abilities of artifacts your opponents control can't be activated plus one until your next turn up to one target non-creature artifact becomes an artifact creature with power and toughness equal to its cmc so carn touch and then minus two you may choose an artifact card you own from outside the game or in exile reveal that card and put it into your hand uh, and i i loved the fact that this said in exile initially because that was like a cool little thing that it said it wasn't just like a wish blah 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 but that actually there's so much cool stuff because of that little yeah. inclusion that little phrase yeah if that
0: wasn't on there this guy would do nothing he would do nothing yeah so we're gonna go with the assumption that your playgroup does not allow wishboards because they are not officially supported in commander mm-hmm. and if you had access to a wishboard then karn would just be like you don't even have to think about how to win with this guy yeah um as it stands you got to be a, a little bit creative yeah um so you got to figure out how to get cards artifact cards from your library into exile so you can run jester's cap which is <laughs> <laughs> four cost artifact, pay two tap, sacrifice it, search target player's library for up to three cards and exile them. So you and normally it's used to against your opponents to like disrupt combo, but to do it to yourself it can grab like three combo pieces. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Um you can run Mangara's tome, which is five cost artifact when it enters the battlefield, search your library for Five uh, cards, and then you can replace. If you would draw a card, you can pay two and draw from the Tome instead. Um, Skyship Weatherlight is four cost, legendary artifact. There's a battlefield.
1: Search your library for is it? Oh, sorry, any number of artifact and/or creature cards. Uh, and and exile exile them them.
0: uh (laughs) and then you can pay for and tap it to choose a random card from it and put it into your hand but with karn you get just to choose immediately which ones which one of those you want so those all let you just set up your combos really quickly um there's also ways that are a bit more random but just get massive amounts of cards (laughs) so like crumbling sanctuary is uh if a player would, I believe, lose life? Yeah, oh, it's take damage. If, if damage would be dealt to a player, that player exiles that many cards from the top of their library instead. So it'll protect you and just get a ton of cards in exile for you. Uh, Phyrexian Portal is three-cost artifact. You can pay three. If your library has 10 or more cards in it, Target opponent looks at the top ten cards of your library and separates them into two face-down piles. <laughs> uh, so exile one of those piles, put the other pile in uh, search the other pile for a card, put it in your hand, and then shuffle the rest into your library. That's so funny. So you have no idea what you're getting. They're like it's it's a mystery factor fiction there. Um, but <laughs> the pile that goes into exile, that's the one you get to tutor out of, and the pile that, that you get to see, like you just take the card you want most out of it. Mm-hmm. So you kind of win either way with with that, even though it is a little bit random. <laughs> um, there, so those both of those cards kind of behave, especially um, Crumbling Sanctuary, kind of behaves the way that a Mesmeric Orb would behave in a Mill deck. In that, like you're you're not really losing cards; like you're just getting putting them in a different sort of hand. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's also if you if you really want to go ham, there's some crazy stuff you can do. Uh, so you can run Leveller, <laughs> which is a five cost ten ten. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, exile all cards from your library. Uh, then your entire library becomes accessible via via Karn. Mm-hmm. Even though you are going to die next turn, but but maybe not. We'll, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's some tech. We got some things. Um, there's Phyrexian Devourer, which uh, is a six cost artifact, and you it has the activated ability exile the top card of your library um gets plus put x plus one plus one counters on phyrexian devourer where x is the exile cards converted mana cost and then when its power is seven or greater sacrifice it but you can keep activating it in response to that um so you can exile your entire library or exile the top card of your library as many times as you like so that that's actually a, a less lethal way to do it, because you'll probably hit all the combo pieces you want to see before you get to the bottom yeah, of the card. Yeah, before
1: you have nothing left in your <laughs> <Yeah>. library.
0: <laughs> um, and then there is Mirror of Fate. This is so funny. So this is a five-cost artifact. Tap, sacrifice it, choose up to seven face-up exiled cards you own, exile all the cards from your library, then put the chosen cards on top of your library. Well, even, if you don't have any face-up exiled cards, that's fine. You can still use this but you just exile your entire library, which uh, basically does the same thing as Leveler. So you may be wondering, like, how do I win in a single turn if I, if I have no cards in my library? <laughs> um, well, that part's kind of hard. The easiest thing to do is just make it so you don't lose next turn. So one of the, the cards you can run in your deck and you can get back with Karn is Omen Machine. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Omen Machine is a 6 cost artifact Players can't draw cards At the beginning of each player's draw step That player exiles the top card of their library If it's a land card they put it on the battlefield Otherwise they cast it without paying its mana cost if able So that'll keep you From dying because it will make it so You can't draw cards and you won't lose For being unable to do so So uh, That's maybe a good card to grab If you think you it's going to take you a couple turns To set up your combo so I think we can move on now to, like, what are the combos? Yeah. <laughs> um, so Mycocinth Lattice is the, the strongest one. It's, it's kind of Griefer. Uh, it combos with Karn to lock your opponents out of the game because it makes everything an artifact, and then their activated abilities of artifacts your opponent's control can't be activated. Normally when they have an ability like that, they go out of their way to say that it doesn't, include mana abilities yeah but they didn't do that here which means their lands are artifact and tapping a land for mana is technically an activated ability ability. yeah Yeah. um so it shuts off all their lands it shuts off any activated ability it shuts off like their mana rocks shuts off any activated ability on the creatures whatever it really makes it so that their options are limited to attacking you with what they already have on the board which you know as far as commander goes that's not a super effective way to kill people yeah <laughs> um other things you can do so there's a couple like three card combos that aren't that hard to set up you can get infinite mana pretty easily if you get like a basalt monolith and rings of bright hearth getting rings of bright hearth right away is actually pretty solid so yeah. that the next time you activate karn you can do it twice and get the remaining two pieces so like first activation karn i get rings of bright hearth i cast it next time i activate karn i get uh, basalt monolith and like sensei's divining top and then yeah. i have <laughs> enough to and then that's like infinite mana infinite card draw if i don't have a library at this point i probably get something else instead of top just some yeah. other mana outlet a walking ballista whatever um there you can also get an if you can also get like voltaic construct and like a a Thran, dino, uh, Thran Dynamo or Gilded Lotus because you can also like use Karn to animate your Thran Dynamo Gilded Lotus and then Voltaic Construct work Untap in conjunction. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Get infinite mana. You can. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of stuff there's you can lot... do. Yeah.
1: There's so many things.
0: Um, if, if Painter's Servant were ever to be unbanned, and I, I believe this weekend is the first meeting of the the CAG it and the rules happened. committee.
1: It, oh, it oh, already yeah. happened. Yeah. Yeah. Last okay. Week. All right. Great. So we'll,
0: uh, as of recording, as of the time of recording. So if painter servant were ever to be unbanned, a non sequitur that I mentioned about that meeting, <laughs> um, then painter servant can combo with grindstone to instantly mill out an opponent. That that one's a little trickier because it's you won't win. You won't have enough time to mill out everyone before you lose if you like don't have any cards in your library Mm. but uh that's it's a solid combo so this deck seems uh kind of sweet
1: yeah man okay we got one more for you guys so this is ugin the ineffable uh ugin is a four loyalty planeswalker six generic mana colorless spells you cast cost two less to cast two generic less to cast Plus one. Exile the top card of your library face down and look at it. It just look <laughs> at just it. <laughs> it. It just says that. Look at it. Create a two-two colorless spirit creature token. When the when the token leaves the battlefield, put the exiled card into your hand. Minus three. Destroy target permanent that's one or more colors. Um, so this is cool. You could build this value. Or, or are you going to do something else? So um, there are... A, this is a work in progress thought experiment thing that we're kind of working out. But I think it works. I think it works pretty well. So basically there's enough two CMC artifacts that draw you a card when they enter to decrease your deck size enough that it makes it a little bit easier to dig for combos. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Mana Rocks are very good in the deck. Obviously, Paradox Engine would be very good in the deck if that's true. Um, And the cost reduction makes it so that you can loop things like Workshop Assistant, Murr Retriever, Junk Diver, which all have the same triggered ability. When this dies, you can return an artifact from grave to hand. Um, And kind of go nuts with a sac outlet like Ashnod's Altar, Phyrexian Altar, or Kark Clan Ironworks which all sac an artifact or creature for value. Um, Two of those being too generic, which is very good in your colorless deck. (laughs) Um, So that gives you infinite mana, infinite storm, uh, infinite a lot of stuff, infinite dies triggers, infinite artifact died triggers. There's a lot of different ways to make that happen. Uh, And just the fact that your commander's like a semblance anvil that also could blow up a, a permanent mm-hmm. <laughs> is pretty good too. Um, and then the sack outlets that you're using for your combos probably work with the tokens too. So when you need to cash in that 2-2 two, two for a card, you can just do it easily. Mm-hmm. Um, so this deck is pretty interesting. I think it's it's not as like techy or cool as Karn is, but I think that this deck uh, has... A decent amount of play and fun stuff you're doing
0: yeah oh yeah you know what uh get get paradox engine with your Carn. there you go yeah <laughs> <laughs> do that
1: there you go you can get that too so yeah i mean this this yeah all that that is the end of our planeswalkers commanders i don't know if you want to say anything about ugin before we kind of move on or sum everything up no no i think you
0: uh give a good overview.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, that that is that is the Planeswalker commanders, uh, if they were to be commanders, or if your playgroup wants them to be commanders. Actually, actually,
0: I, I would like to just briefly uh, call out, like, I, I, I want to do a quick count of how oh, many of yeah, these yeah, yeah. would be cool commanders. Um, so j- just... Uh, you can name them and I'll tally them. Do you want to do that? Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, let's see. So Jace, mm-hmm. Wielder of Mysteries, that'd be a cool one. Um or, or well, okay, man. I'm wondering how we're defining cool because, like, Narset—that's a unique deck. But is it? But is it cool? Yeah. Um, let's
1: do. Let's. Um. Hmm, I wish the listeners could yell this. Um. <laughs> this probably. Mm, I mean, let's just do like playable decks. How about that?
0: Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Um, Jace. Yes.
1: I mean, I think Gideon. If that's the, okay, I think it opens it up that far. All
0: right. All right. Gideon, Jace. Uh, I'll go I'll say yes on Kazmina. Um Narset, that's definitely playable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liliana for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Jaya. Mm-hmm. Um uh, Yanggu. Mhm. Nissa. Vivian. Mm-hmm. Uh, Teferi.
1: Okay. Tesseret. Yep. Angraf. Keeping it moving, keeping it moving. Keeping it
0: moving. Ajani, Mm -hmm. Watley, Sorin, Vraska, Kiora, Tamio, Ral, Sahili, Nahiri, Nicol Bolas, Karn, Ugin. So that's 25. 25 out of 37 planeswalkers would make... Playable decks.
1: Yeah, that's, and I could have counted that wrong. If you're listening, check me on it. Let us know. (laughs) (laughs) But that was, that's a ton. That's so many. That's so many new decks that would be added to the format. So that's pretty interesting. I, I would, if it's not much cost to you, if you're, Play group is cool with it. Try building these lists and see how you feel about them, how, how fun they are to you.
0: Yeah, I think we are definitely going to try a couple of these. Yeah,
1: this actually, like, this has actually convinced me that, like, oh, I think I will do this. <laughs> <laughs> Give this a shot. Yeah, some of
0: these are, like, $50 decks. Like.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, a few of them are just, like, not much. Like, uh, Nahiri is, and like... like Hwatly. Hwatly. <laughs> and Huatli. And if I make Angrath, yeah. it's, <laughs> like, no money at all. So, like, that's... That's cool. That's, that's a lot of cool playable budget lists. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, we hope you enjoyed this. Uh, Please, like, again, let us know what you think. Let us know if you have a cool list for any of them. Uh, we have a listener question that we wanted to answer before we go. All right. Uh, the, the question
0: is, do you guys identify with a particular guild the most?
1: Yeah, I, I do. (laughs) (laughs) i love the golgari i like love i like blue red like my favorite mono color to play if you can't tell by like listening to this podcast is mono red i like am a mono red player but i love the angles and the tech and just how grindy black green can be Mm. you can just literally do everything and you do it in such an interesting way you're like using different zones you're Using different permanent types, it just kind of does everything. And then, as far as guilds do, I really, <laughs> I I don't know if this is a good or bad thing. I really like the like aesthetic of the Golgari, mm-hmm. even in the old sets. Um, I was gonna say, bug boys for life. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I love them, dirty rot farmers. <laughs> so. Um, I just think that that guild in particular has like spoken to me for a very long time, and people who know me, just, like my my most oldest common most played deck is is my Jared Lord of the Golgari. Mm-hmm. So it's like that's I don't know. It's just will always hold a place in my heart. So that's one I would I that's my answer. I guess I would say uh, for
0: me, I would say uh, Orzhov.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, when I started playing Commander, I played a lot, lot of black decks, white decks, and white-black decks. Yes. I, I think uh, Zach probably remembers the Vishkal deck I played for a long time, which oh my was God, yes. super heinous, <laughs> just uh, incredibly resilient. It was just a deck that was all about like making it so that I could come back from anything.
1: Yeah, it was it was so difficult to disrupt. <laughs> so grindy. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh it just felt like um it and also like I, I just like how white black feels a bit more fair than blue and green. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like uh like blue is is really the just on the top of the heap. Like being able to interact with spells and like green being able to pull so far ahead of everyone else with regards to mana and ramp and
1: And cards nowadays, like just every resource. Like, so crazy. But,
0: uh, black, white, it feels, uh, tough, but fair. (laughs) And, uh, and I just, I really like the aesthetic of the Orzhov. Mm -hmm. Um, I am a little sad to see like all the, the ghosts be freed. I don't know what the, I don't know what it's really going to look like in the Orzov now that they don't have their workforce.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be different. I think like people have been asking like, what is Ravnica going to look like? Are we ever going to come back? Uh, I think we will. And I have predictions that I'm not going to make here about what that would look like. But I think the fact like Orzov's going to get kind of a new identity, I think. And I think that, uh, gruel is going to have a little bit less of a bone to pick with everybody Mm -hmm. um i think it'll be interesting but i think we will come back and see the guilds again so one
0: thing i'm a little curious about is like um are any of the guilds still going to be run by planeswalkers when we return yeah, that's a good question. Because, um, like Niv mizzet he's no he's definitely no longer the leader of the Is It. He's like the guild back now. Spoilers, spoilers. Spoilers. Um <laughs> Uh For... Ra- Ral is um like but he's still around, he's alive. And Dovin's gone, Domri's gone. Um Vraska probably still will be. fact, Vraska's still around. Uh and then Kaya She's like a member of the Gatewatch, so is she really it feels like, feels like Tesa Karlov is probably it's gonna probably be the new ruler of the Orzov.
1: Yeah. So who knows? Yeah, the new the new heads. So yeah, that's something we'll see. But um yeah, that's a that's a cool, cute little question. So
0: Yeah, uh thank you all for listening. And before we go, I just wanna give a brief thank you to our Patreon patrons. Thank you to Bradley, Gustav, Ryan, Mark, Amund, Addison, Arthur, Mason, Will and Elvis. Uh, y'all keep the lights on here at the podcast factory and uh, we appreciate you yeah talk to you guys later thanks for listening if you want to get in touch with me i am at commander theory on twitter and tumblr if you want to reach zach he is at fat bartleby on twitter and tumblr the opening song is lincoln continental by entropy and you can check him out on soundcloud we'll talk to you guys next time